Hi, and welcome to Song Divers, an interview podcast about singer-songwriters. We like to go deep in conversation with our favorite musicians in search of honest answers. What are the ingredients of a great song? What makes a songwriter tick? Can a musician make a living these days? Is Jason Isbell overrated? What? My name is Stefan. And this is Ed. We're joined this week by a great female performer and songwriting stalwart of the Southeast. Hi, this is Rebecca Pulley. I was walking past the corner Central Avenue, Second Street Headed west into the sunset It's a natural tendency for us to compare musicians to others. To say Rebecca Pulley sounds like any of the songwriters that might come to mind would be well-intended, but not quite a fit. She's a sound and a songwriter all her own, and after six albums, her voice is as bright as ever. There's a youthfulness about her, even as she delivers retrospective songs that come from a place that can really only be reached after a certain amount of life experience. Her recent 2019 release, The Sea of Everything, houses some of her best work yet. After seeing her perform for years, we were excited to finally get to sit down with her. Pull up an ear for Rebecca Pulley. So tell us where you're from. Where'd you grow up? I originally, I was born in Anchorage, Alaska, but we kind of grew up all over the place. Um, mostly between Alaska and Texas, mm-hmm. traveling back and forth. Uh, spent probably equal parts of time in Alaska and Texas. M- military so I, family? No, we just... Um, when I was seven, even before I was this happened, um, we traveled a lot and we had a station wagon. But um, somehow my family, I was seven, I don't remember how or why, they acquired a small little like 20-foot Winnebago. Mm-hmm. Um, and our house burned down. Not because we got the Winnebago. That would be weird. But In Alaska? The house yeah, in Alaska? Yeah, the house. Oh. Uh, it was like electrical fire and the house burned mm-hmm. down. So we moved into <clears throat> the Winnebago and after that, we just never stopped traveling. Nomad life. Yep. Yeah. And I know before that, we traveled quite a bit as well. But like I said, in a, um, it was, I don't remember most of it. It was in a station, red station wagon. I remember the red station wagon. That's all I remember. So were, were, was there family in Texas that you would, is that why you were, would go to yeah. Texas? Yeah, my father was from, he was born in, in Texas City, Texas, which is close to Galveston, south of Houston, mm-hmm. over there. So, um, and I have tons of aunts, uncles. Um, he, well, he was raised in Texas City. He was actually born in Palestine, in my great aunt Mandy's house in Palestine, which is a couple hours south of Dallas, so in East Texas. <laughs> so, yeah, so we spent a lot of time there. And in Alaska, um, they, we spent time up there because that's where they met. They met up there, and they, I guess they just really liked it. It's beautiful. It's really gorgeous up there. So, Have you been back since, or...? I haven't. The last time I was there, I was in ninth grade. Mm-hmm. However old you are when you're in ninth grade, that's mm-hmm. the last time I was there. Fourteen, maybe. Maybe. 13. About that. Yeah. I think like uh, maybe Aha or Wham was popular, or maybe Susie and Banshees. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. So those are like big influences on your music. Huge. Obviously. <laughs> Huge. You sound just yeah. like yeah. You sound just like them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Were, but huge. were the uh, your parents musical or? 
Uh, my father was. My father played country western style music, played guitar. Um, he ended up playing music, DJed in Dallas for a little bit, um, toured quite a bit with um, a guy named Charlie Ryan, um, and they had agents back then. Like um, I guess people do now as well, but more I think back then when you you had an agent. That's what that's the way it worked. Structure, yeah. yeah. Um, but they sent them up and down the West Coast, and there's a lot of ties to Washington State, as we were talking about Washington State. Love that song. Because um, I lived there for a little bit, too. Um, but Charlie Ryan um, ended up there. That's where he ended up um, living. And um, the drummer for that band uh, in Livingston, Montana, is where he ended up. And my family, my mom, and all my sisters and brothers live in Montana right now. So... It's it's such a sorted it's such a sorted way to try to explain why we went to the places we went to. But no, it's yeah, it's interesting. But so. yeah, so he, anyway, he had an agent that sent him up to Alaska to play mm-hmm. um, in a bar. I think uh, probably several bars, but I know the one they met. Um, he played a bar on Kodiak Island, and my mother was a burlesque dancer, and she's from Los Angeles, and she had an agent, and they sent her up there, and that's how they met. So my mom went to saw my dad strip. My dad saw my mom stripping. Okay. I guess was it the same club like he was playing in, or they, know, like I don't know. Oh, okay. I love it for I sight. wish I I've asked my mom that now she's like real super boring again, crushed in, and she's like I'm not talking. I'm like come on, like something she won't tell me. I've gotten a lot out of her, but that one I don't know. Wow. Well, you have her number probably right let's let's get her on the phone oh let's do I, a live remote like. you want to you know what'll happen she'll she'll read the bible for about an hour to you is that what you want no if that's the case okay. so we don't get a lot of cell phone services no again okay, so. i don't that's not <laughs> please don't make me do that <laughs> so yeah so that's how they met and um they they started their family up there did your dad show you stuff on guitar or was it a kind of a separate yeah thing? he like, uh he showed me the chords, you know, the regular open chords and eventually an F chord, which is was took me forever to figure out. But from that I you know, you can learn all of the all the mm-hmm. different ways to move your fingers around. That's a, it's a game changer. <laughs> uh, were, were they listening to a lot of music? Did they? Well, of course, of course they listened to a lot of country western music and like old stuff. Um, my mom, lo- like, she loved country western music. Like, she loved Johnny Cash, like, that uh-huh. kind of um, stuff like that. Um, but they also listened to a lot of gospel. So there was a lot of God, because like I said, they got all born again and stuff. So they listened to a lot of gospel. But it was, like, country gospel. I don't know, or southern gospel. I don't know. So were they, was the born again phase, did that start while you were still at home? While, like, living with them? Or was that um, much later? I Well, actually, from what I understand, it was right before I was born. Okay. So I have, yeah, I have like, there's nine kids. There's nine of us, and I'm the, what, the fifth one or something? Wow. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the f- four older than me. Um, I guess they, they have some stories of, they, they were they were partiers. My parents were partiers. They had a good time. So. Like, all right, these first four, but the next five. Yeah, the next five, we're going we're gonna to try and do it right. <laughs> so you were with. You were like a church-going kid, like oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We would go to church um, on Sunday. What denomination was, was this? It was like? that real southern, like Baptist. Uh-huh. There were some of the ones Hellfire who, and oh all yeah. That, yeah. Was like, there music in the church though? Oh, always, yeah. And my dad, a lot of time, he would play the in the the guitar in the band, the country. They would be country, especially in Texas, the country mm-hmm. gospel bands and stuff. 
Um, and did, did yeah. you like it back then? Did you like the music part of it back then? I don't know that I really... Yeah, a kid in church. I don't know. I think I was just bored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did like like some of the songs were fun to sing when I was real little. Like, but when I got older, I was just like, I don't, I don't want to be here. I want to go be go hanging yeah. out and doing stuff. I know that feeling <laughs> firsthand. I had that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna quote from one of the songs on the new album. I think it's others. I don't write R and B. Oh yeah. I don't write pop. I don't write country. So, you know, but all, but that stuff, I can hear the gospel in the country in what you do. I mean, you know what I mean? It's kind oh, of like... Oh, there's definitely that country western soak, feel, yeah. You soaked some of that up, even though that's you wouldn't say, oh, I'm a gospel singer, you know. Yeah, I didn't really realize that I did until other people started telling me that I did. I was like, oh, I, yeah, you're right, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't realize that's what I was doing. Um, mm. Or it was coming out like that. I, w- I was completely unaware of it. I had no idea. But, um, what were the things you personally gravitated to musically? You know, I um, I liked like like the old rock and roll. I loved like um, I love Led Zeppelin. Like that was I just loved Led Zeppelin and mm-hmm. the, like the Beatles and oh my gosh, I remember the mountain climbing that record. There was just like just like that old what they call just classic rock and roll. But mm-hmm. I loved Elvis Presley too. I like that that kind of stuff too. You know, mm-hmm. and Hank Williams and all that. Where were you getting your music? Um, on Spotify, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. Um, I would go to a record store and buy it, like you had to do. Um, was there also, good radio uh, where you were? Um, uh, in Alaska, I think there was a station called the K-Well or something. It was, but it was just like top forty stuff. You know, um, there was the town. I remember one town we lived in. There wasn't really. I don't even know you call it a town, but there was a a store slash gas station. I guess now it would be a Wawa, but mm-hmm. that's not what it was there. And it had like a post office and and so, but it also had a dentist. Um, I said, yeah, <laughs> there was probably a dentist. There was there was that like tools dentist and, slash and, postal and, worker. And, yeah, an animal <laughs> feed and things like everything yeah. in one store. But like uh, they did have like a wall and it had forty fives on it. And mm-hmm. so I would get, but it wasn't old 45s. It would be like, it would be like, aha. So I wasn't kididding. It would be like, aha, take on me, side B take with whatever, like Madonna. Me. So and I, I would, I couldn't wait to go like buy like a, a silly 45 something. Yep. Ship something. Have your teeth clean while you listen to 45. <laughs> sure. That's sure. a pretty good operation. I'm telling you. Yeah. St. Yep. Pete needs one of those. <laughs> so when you, you were picking up some things from your dad on guitar and, uh, did you sort of become obsessed with it, uh, or did that come later? Like- I, I don't think I became obsessed with it. I think it was, I was fascinated because I always, like, wrote in journals and or diaries or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call them, everything. I still do. I always, but um, when, as soon as I picked up a guitar and learned a few chords, I realized that those two things went together. And I was like, wow, holy smokes. So right. it was really more of that. I don't, I don't think I was ever obsessed. It was just a more of an aha God, I'm just what, am, uh-huh, what, what is going on with the aha uh-huh and me? Not not the band, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. It was just it was like a. This is getting confusing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was just an aha uh-huh moment for me personally that I realized right. that those two things went together. And when you say went together, do you mean you're writing and sort of like, oh, this is another way to express, or it's more expressive, or this is I've been writing and now here's like a soundtrack to help the movie that I've been writing, basically. It, it was yeah, it was more like. Um, 
I, this just made the thing I wrote. Oh, it does this now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it just put wheels on it or something. You when, know? when you were young, like a you know, preteen or teen, like in, in the music you were listening to, Led Zeppelin, for instance, or the Beatles, like were you particularly paying attention to the lyrical content at all or <laughs> not with Led Zeppelin, no. Don't. No, I No. <laughs> I, I feel like when I you know, at a certain age much later I cared about that. I yeah I did too um, with Led Zeppelin it was more I just and I know uh, Jimmy uh, Page is like a sloppy player people saying but at that age I was like I want to grow up and be Jimmy Page I realized later I'm never going to be able to do riffs and stuff Mm -hmm. but um, I just uh, I thought that that was just the coolest thing yeah you know the Beatles maybe that pertained to what you were saying like these things go together what your journal writing and the music maybe no. you realize oh these people are like expressing themselves well no because i, I actually yeah i didn't really listen to to stuff like that till later right i, I was playing guitar and, and putting the journals and the and the guitar music together mm-hmm. before that okay yeah interesting so, do you remember your first song like who you consider your first song um i don't remember how to play it or anything i know it was something about trees and leaves and water or th- I don't know it was terrible I don't <laughs> it sounds deep yeah it was it was I'm sure it was really bad was, how old were you when you wrote that oh my gosh I don't know 11 or something or oh wow that's well early. like it was I was a little kid yeah it was awful I, I mean what do you write when you're that old unless you're I don't know, some prodigy or something. Well, try try to play it for us. We want to hear it. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't remember it, it at all, except that it was about nature and kind of corny. Was there a point that you can remember particularly where you thought, I have an artistic voice and I want to pursue that and develop it? Like, what? when did that sort of... Usually there's kind of a changing, maybe it's not a changing moment, but a period of time or something where you realize I'm going to do this. I think really for me, maybe just last week, (laughs) (laughs) I, because I never, I really started playing music out, um, trying to make money doing it Mm -hmm. just to get out of another job that I was doing that I really didn't like. I was, didn't want to do anymore. So I never considered it like, um, maybe I should have taken it more serious and I never did mm-hmm. um any part of it like songwriting i just I, I still feel like i don't i feel like other people really put a lot of energy and a focus and i'm kind of a slacker like really that. yeah i wouldn't say that especially <laughs> based four, on the results four, four or five <laughs> good albums you know like really good solid albums over i mean you're doing something right yeah maybe you don't feel like you're purposely doing it but it's it's coming out right so <laughs> well i listen to I, by the way, I don't want to make it sound like I listen to my music all the time, but um, especially when I was mixing this last recording with oh, yeah, with it's Steve endless and them. repeats, yeah, yeah, it's like you have to listen to it. And sometimes I'd go back to uh, listen to something that I felt was maybe kind of similar on another record, and I'd be like, oh man, listen to my voice; there was so weak, or how did I let this um, weird drum thing or or guitar thing slide on or, an earlier recording. Yeah, or, yeah. Like an earlier recording. So mm-hmm. that's what I mean. Like I probably should have like researched stuff a little bit more and had 
all the recordings would have turned out a little better. Well, it depends on what so, you're going for, right? right? Because so much of music is a, you know, it's a snapshot of who you are as an artist and a songwriter in that time, you know, because I, so many people go back and critique, you know, and, and you do have to watch the game film. It's funny that you're like, I don't listen to my own music, but like I, I go back and watch the game film, you know, you need to so that your next record, you do catch that stuff. Yeah. Right? You know, you kind of do have to do that. It's, it's it is important. So it's like we we had Steve Connolly in here and we haven't aired that episode yet, but he was talking about how in contemporary music, there's a war on wood. You know, all the oh. all the sonics are going to square waves. You know, it's all process. It's like processed food now, you know, so I feel like He's anything with some raw edges is like a plus. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, yeah. Anything that has real human touch. I guess I'm saying don't polish all of it out. <laughs> right, it, but it is. It's that like that the unique imperfection is the perfection. It's sort of like a human face. It's too symmetrical. You can't look directly at it. You know. <laughs> I think you know people I mean? respond to the the human touch. Exactly. You know, so yeah, it's the mm-hmm. imperfections that I think that give it that make it palatable and so engaging. And you know, in, in like you guys saying that when I listen to music, other people's music, I think I've. I um, sort of am drawn to a similar thing. If it's too perfect and polished to someone else, I almost, I can't listen to it. How, how much of a, from when you first really started to write and, and doing all that, but even now, how much, when you're listening to music, are you listening to lyrics? Are you listening to the music? Like, do you listen to music for the lyrics? Or are you somebody that, and we've had a lot of guests like this, can you relax and listen to music? Or are you constantly <laughs> critiquing it? I, I, when I listen to music, I'm definitely listening to the, the lyrics. I'm all just all about lyrics now, um, and I have been for the last several years. I'm just I'm so touched and moved by one line. It ha- can carry so much weight. How just one simple, maybe five or six words, it just be just move you so much. Um, but aside from that, yeah, I have a hard time just relaxing and listening to music. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't do it much. I don't listen to music much. I guess that's kind of terrible, but no, I I totally it's a trend sympathize with that. Yeah. yeah, I totally sympathize with that. It's hard for me too. I know it's hard for Steve too. Oh, I, I can't even him, imagine for he's him. He's so immersed in it all the time. Oh man, you know he doesn't have time for recreational listening. And he doesn't really, I don't think he doesn't have the appetite for it either. <laughs> well, and you guys are also at a different place, both of you, and your, your musical output. You know, I'm a record in, and you guys have a whole catalog of work. I'm still trying to fill the coffers with influence and, like, you know, fill out my vocabulary. And for me, that's a really good way to do that. Um, I think it probably does depend a lot on where you're at in your songwriting journey or in your musical education. Yeah. I do enjoy, uh, there is... A, a time of day, not every day, that I'm able to listen to music and with just no, uh, no trying to take it apart and be like, listen, that that bass sounds so weird. <laughs> Is that distorting or just like stupid dumb stuff? But um, I'll sometimes just either put my just my phone or I'll connect it Bluetooth. There's a PA in the in our one of our rooms in our house where the our music room, and um, sometimes I'll just plug it in there. And um, I'll just sit back there and drink beer or whiskey and something and play the piano to it. And I just, I love that. It'll be like, it could be still like Buddy Holly or it could be 
whatever. I just, I, mm-hmm. and to me, I really do enjoy that. That's <laughs> a fun. lot. That's, you know, it's, it's quite fun. Let's do that next time we do this. That <laughs> sounds a, awesome. We need a piano in here. I'll work on it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not a great piano player, but that's, that's what the just to for. sit at, yeah, to sit at home and do that. It's really, really fun. <laughs> the piano on, um, it, I know it's on others. On the on the new album, is that your piano at home? It is. is that, yeah. Yeah. It's a it sounds upright. great. It's That's a, my favorite kind of piano sound. Yeah. It sounds like yeah. It sounds like your piano at home. You're upright. So, I hear some Gillian Welch, Dave Rawlings, like. Uh, that, I, don't, I don't know if you consider them an influence or, or I, not, but I hear that, some of that. In yeah, you, in I, the, the um, we mean that as a huge compliment. Yeah. I I'm very, I'm very complimented. Um, the when Time the Revelator came out, mm-hmm. that record blew me away. I was just I must have listened to that a hundred times. I still listen to it. So I, that's one I'll put the on the like I said mm-hmm. late at night, <laughs> play the piano. I love that record. It's great. And, and I almost kind of wanted to ask you because I, I really love the opening track from uh, the Sea of Everything, the Central Avenue slash the City, like and it's like a seven minute kind of two songs put together and it it just has a sort of an epic feel like um, some of Dave Rawlings stuff. Uh, I don't know if you've listened to his albums. Like, I, you know what? I haven't. I like yeah. that's the thing. I'm like, there's so much music I need to. Well, that it's listen to. It's still Gillian Welch and Dave Rawlings, but they kind of put the focus on him more. So it's he's singing lead on the on the stuff, but it has a little more of a feel like. Well, I guess her stuff did too from Revelator. Like these long songs that mm-hmm. kind of like draw out the drama you know what i mean like it's it's got oh, yeah. almost a, like where everything is free or something yeah and i just felt like that track from your album kind of gave me that same well that same vibe um yeah i mean that's possible every everything we've ever listened to we're definitely influenced by it whether we realize it or not so sure it's in there somewhere did you decide to like weld those was that two separate songs and you thought yeah I'm put these together um, can you talk about why you decided to do that? Well, I they I didn't write them together. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote Central Avenue. I wrote on the guitar, and the other one, the the city, I wrote on the piano. When I recorded them, I was, I, actually before I recorded them, I was like, these songs are going together. These songs somehow need to be together, and they're not in a right. The keys are mm-hmm. just not correct enough to have one note ring out. But I tried a whole lot of ways <clears throat> to have one note just ring out, so they um, it would just bleed into the next song. And um, I don't know, it just didn't it didn't work right. And I was like, then you know what? I'm just not going to have it. It's just going to be that kind of fade out of one, and then that get the acoustic guitar is going to come in. I thought It'll it was kind of like cool. Yeah, yeah it works. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I. I they, I was like, they have to be together. If you play this one, I feel like you should be hearing that one too. Is it because maybe that's of the... very pushy on my part? No. <laughs> but... Is it because of the the lyrics, like the the theme? Yeah, that's yeah. the. They're both about Saint Petersburg. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, there's a few songs about on that record about city and change, and mm-hmm. I didn't intentionally make a theme or anything. It just kind of turned out that way. Right. <laughs> Well, there is a lot of place in a lot of your lyrics, from record to record. It's, it's like, you know, place is definitely something that shows up, and it's something we've talked about lyrically with a, a lot of the other songwriters on here, too, but as I, you know, we were talking, when we sat down, one of my favorite songs of yours that I heard you do was Washington State, you know, and it's, it, it, it's so, for me, one of the things, whenever I see you or think of it, I always think of that one, because it's one of my favorite songs in general, uh, and 
it's just like you're very tied to a place writer and then when I go and listen to your records I'm like oh there's so much other lyrical content here <laughs> other than you know place tied things <laughs> yeah uh, well I did I spent a lot of time in Washington State um, I don't know if a lot of time I mean I was there in third grade and then again and I don't know somewhere in middle school we moved so much but I had a lot of really strong good experiences there I felt like one of the, my favorite places I've ever lived was in the country but it was in a town called Ordine, Ordine, Washington. And now it's like basically everything is a suburb around that area of Seattle. Mm-hmm. But um, it was, we lived on a, it was a big farm and uh, we had uh, every kind of fruit tree, like apples and plums and every kind of berry. We had a big uh, garden and um, chickens and rabbits and geese, pigs. I mean, it was just, it was the coolest place to live. And on the back of the property was, the Puyallup River, so <clears throat> that was that was my favorite place. So I, Washington State to me is, I know it's one of my favorite places I've ever lived. Well, I really enjoyed I, it. I've spent a lot of time in Washington State recently, especially over the last year, and I fell in love with it. And it's really interesting hearing how you grew up, like on the road, because you know people certainly take songs and lyrics and melodies, and you, you generally get like a visual image in your head. And for me, a lot of your songs get me in this mood of like twilight dusky driving like in the pacific northwest like on the road kind of contemplative you know and but it's it's interesting to hear that that's a big piece of your you know bedrock uh life experience because i I feel a lot of that like open road nostalgia almost and i get that vibe when i'm listening to a lot of your stuff that makes sense it definitely makes sense i mean the first guitar i i was given the first guitar that was mine um was an acoustic guitar and we were driving from I don't know where to probably to wash from Alaska down to Texas because we did that a lot drive back and forth um, but we stopped and visited some friends of my parents in uh, Oregon I don't remember what city in Oregon but um, they had an acoustic guitar just hanging on the wall and I, I wish I knew who those people were there I was like oh look at acoustic guitar and he's like here you can have it and that was so yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. It wasn't a fan. It was not a fancy guitar. It was just an old, kind of crappy acoustic guitar. That's why he didn't care. He's like, oh, you here, take it. I don't care. But I, it was it was like a treasure to me. I carved all over it and put stickers on it. I was a little kid. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't have it anymore. Oh no! It's long gone. No, yeah. I don't. My brother, uh, he, he was a rascal. He was a couple years younger than me. He did something to it. I don't know what. Sold it. Gave it away. Was he, he was he was oh well, he was after the first four so yeah he should have been better he should have been <laughs> he 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 wasn't though he's quite the rascal <laughs> so when when does your journaling and song noodling morph into a formal thing that you start playing out did you hit open mic nights with somebody encouraging you did you have an ambition to take that artistic voice out to other people um, I just have a weird inside thing I don't know what you call it um um, it's sort of similar to when I'll go to a venue and I'll be like I'm gonna play on that stage and I don't tell myself I'm gonna play on that stage I'll just be like I'll have a knowing in me be like I'm gonna play on that stage you haven't played on it whether I played on it or not is that when you get a place right before a gig (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah right before a gig no it could be like years before it or whatever i know this sounds crazy or whatever but um it was the same thing with playing music uh 
it's, and, that, and I kind of didn't do it for a while, but there was that thing inside me. Um, maybe I'm crazy. But no. <laughs> I think it's called intuition. Can maybe. I share something? Passion? Sure. Can I share something with you? Yeah. When I was a kid, I had all these vivid dreams. I don't anymore. I haven't had this experience in years, but years and years later, I'd be somewhere and the dream would come back to me and I'd be like, this is the place where I had the dream. That's, Whoa. Yeah, that happens to me too. It's crazy. It is so. And so you're not crazy. But it's, when you're, um, and it's happening, you can't tell anyone because there's no way you can explain it. Because it sounds nuts. Yeah. Like <laughs> you had a premonition. Like, well, yeah, sort of. Like, yeah. So and, you're not crazy. And and I know that it was weirdly. I'll be like, oh, oh, this was a dream. It's not like I was sitting around thinking about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember having this dream that's happening now. This is bananas. Yeah. I told you guys not to eat the brownies in my kitchen. Oh, <laughs> you ate the brownies. <laughs> so so you were having this intuition. It was. Did you feel like it was sort of like a calling? I I guess so. It was just something really pulling me or speaking to me. Or I was telling myself, maybe inside secretly or subliminally, I, that's really, I just wanted to go play music. Um, but it was just something in me was saying, go, you're going to go play music. You need to go play music. But I, that's, I eventually did, and I was terrified because I was really shy. I still kind of pretty shy. I was going to ask you about that, too. <laughs> because I'm terribly I'm an, shy. I am figured out it was hard for me to get on a stage. Oh, my gosh. I, I was a music lover and fanatic. But I had to really teach myself to get on a stage and like, so yeah, sorry to interrupt. No. But I was going to ask you about this because in <laughs> some of your lyrics, I kind of recognize an introvert, like a fellow introvert, kind of, you know, like. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, it's just, yeah, I was a shy person, but I did start at open mics. Like I yeah. would go to open mics, which was, I guess, good. I don't, I, how else do people start? Honestly, I don't know. Were you around other people that were? Uh, you know, musical? At that time, no, not at all. Right. Um, and this was, I mean, this was in the mid-90s in Florida. I mean, there mm-hmm. was there wasn't really much happening. How'd you end up in Florida? Like, what, what um, brought you here? I was living in Texas, in Athens, Texas, um, and I had moved out and uh, moved in with um, some guy, and he had lived here. My family wanted to go... They were they were going to go back to Alaska, but they ended up. I later found out in Montana, which is where they're at now. Mm-hmm. But um, I at that point I was just you know I was like sixteen or something, seventeen, and I was like I don't I don't I don't want to go back to Alaska. I want to stay here with all the cool kids in Texas or whatever in <laughs> Athens, Texas. Have you ever been to Athens, Texas? You know that's not a thing. It sounds. So <laughs> I don't. No offense, Texas listeners, but I'm, I'm now. This was years ago. I'm sure there's lots of cool kids in Athens, Texas, but um, at that time there weren't. But um, they ended up leaving and going up to. It was kind of a falling out too with my family. They were very upset about mm-hmm. it. Um, but the guy I was dating at the time, he was mm-hmm. he was a real piece of work. <laughs> but um, he Good fodder want- for future songs. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Um, but he had lived here in St. Petersburg and he wanted to come here and I was, it was either that or I didn't know anybody else Mm -hmm. uh, there in Athens, Texas. So Mm -hmm. I moved here with him and to Madeira beach. Uh, and shortly after that, um, we, we broke up and, um, I had a job at, 
I think I'm a Burger King. I had a job mm-hmm. at a Burger King for like a year or something. And I got a roommate, her and I uh, room, were roommates. So we moved in, got rid of him. <laughs> good. That's good. Good move. Yeah. So, what kind of what kind of teen young woman were you? Were you like smoking cigarettes, wearing leather jackets? Like, <laughs> what like what kind of what kind of person were we dealing with back then? Um. I, yeah, I was smoking cigarettes. I I'm terrible. I still smoke cigarettes. I I know everybody tells me to quit. I was just like a regular kid until I was probably about. Well, I say regular kid. Like I don't even know whatever regular kids are. I don't know. Um, but probably we lived in Las Vegas for about a year when I was, um, I don't know why it, I I think that's the only time I'd ever lived to me a big city. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was also maybe, gosh, 14. I don't even know. It's hard to keep track of times and years and everything, but, um, I don't like long hair with the religious thing and all my sisters had long hair and my mother was really upset because um, I shaved my head, except for this one like spot and kept it long and curly. My hair is like curly, and regular, um, and and um, I started like painting my eyebrows blue and sewing all my own clothes and wearing plaid and lots of black and you know that whole thing you go through. Uh, but that carried over that from uh, Nevada in. Las Vegas that carried over into the Athens, Texas thing where we went there and uh, that didn't fly in Athens, Texas. And uh, they suspended me from school. They said my pants were tight, but I had like, I was very proud. I would go to the Goodwill and buy like um, those uh, <laughs> like polyester old man or old lady um, plaid pants. And then I would cut them and tie like sew the legs. So they were like, like tight-legged pants, like. which kind of like everybody like the tight skinny jeans now but right. they were like um or leggings in a way like mm-hmm. back then but um and i would wear that and with some like weird shirt with my shaved head and my blue eyebrows <laughs> <laughs> the, is there a photographic evidence of this wow. i wish i wish there was good lord i wish there was i think i might have like one like an actual photograph somewhere of that uh, but the obvious question here is why I, I think I was just it was re- like why every teenager I was rebelling. Yeah. I was like the I was tired of the the church thing, the a lot of brothers and sisters finding an identity, you mm-hmm. know, it's like so many reasons, all the reasons that the teenagers do that, you know. I think we've all probably done that at some point. I don't want to go off on too big of a tangent, but I sort of had a two-pronged question. It has to do with FSHG off the new album. Because it's kind of funny, like, some of my favorite songs are, like, buried at the end of, of the album. Like, and that, that's one of them. For some reason, I really responded to that. And you're singing about Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Right. And it's interesting now to, to hear about your parents and your upbringing and the rebellion. Because I feel like that, there's a bit of a struggle in that song. But you're, all, you're also just singing about how you, it sounds like you're kind of wanting to hold on to your own identity um in, yeah in those lyrics it is and getting also at the same like it is the fight to to do that like um you're kind of at the beginning it talks about um competing against your own deck of cards so it's like um kind of fighting or 
not fighting or however you look at it, the, the hand you were dealt, the, what you were born with, you know? Right. So, yeah, it is, it is about that and trying to maintain or find your identity. <laughs> yeah, I love that song. That's a good one. Thank yeah. you. Well, in addition to nobody's cool anymore, which is, you know, it's, it's interesting when you talk about the rebellious part. And a lot of that, too, is coming from a place of, at least for me, I don't want to project on anybody, but like a, a place of insecurity, trying to find that identity and like finding other people that you think are cool. Like who your tribe. Yeah. yeah who were you looking like? Who were your influencers back then? Who who did you look up to? Or who did you think was cool? Like what? What were the things influencing your decision making? Because that had to come from somewhere, right? You didn't just yeah. decide. I think blue, blue on the eye. Yeah, from blue, yeah. blue. <laughs> I mean, what were you? What was impacting you back then? And, and there was um, a, a little bit um, back before. I think before Las Vegas, right before that, it, this was a different Washington State time. We were there. I think we were living in Green River Gorge, Enumclaw, like that area, in a trailer park in the camper, of course. Um, but I I know on the West Coast at that time new new wave was popular the mm-hmm. start the new wave music and mm-hmm. i know on the east coast i talked to people like um like over here rem at that time was really popular oh yeah they yeah. weren't as popular over there like um i'm trying to think of uh some bands like the i, I don't know i think of Susie and the banshees but right. there were other ones like um some british new wave bands you guys know what i'm talking about yeah but they the had cure or you know um, some of that. The, a little bit of the cure um depeche mode mm-hmm. like those sort of things that like they were popular in that area new on the Order, west coast of the, yeah, yeah stuff like that over mm-hmm. there and um you know i think maybe in a way i was emulating their look because they had like that that style that look that you know so i'm sure I definitely influenced. <laughs> so hearing again the song like, "Well, nobody's cool anymore." Like, I'm curious about some of the lyrical content in that song because you talk about, you know, uh, well, green tomatoes is mentioned, which I love is a great reference. Green uh, onions. Sorry, green onions. Green yes, onions, yes. Yeah. Well, green just, tomatoes are also delicious. <laughs> they are. Yes, excuse Fried me. Fried green tomatoes. Thank you. But when you onion. say green onions, like. Booker uh, T. Booker T. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Absolutely. James <laughs> Dean's in there. Yeah. So are these. Things that objectively everybody agree, these are pretty cool. They're pretty or like, cool. Or do you, like, is that something that you're like, ah, these are cool to me? Yeah, I think, like, it's sort of like a, a lot of people think that stuff is kind of cool. It's kind of Americana cool stuff, general. Um, I did, I did, like, I did struggle with keeping the line in because I wrote this a few years ago. There's a line in it. Um, like gunslingers mm, um, right yeah. but, and I was I kind of I was like oh, I think I should change that line I don't want people to think that I think it's cool that people are out slinging guns around I don't think that's cool <laughs> hopefully they um, thought what I thought immediately you you picture uh, Clint Eastwood yeah movie. yeah Butch Cassidy uh, uh, of Wild West right you know, and I like, like yeah definitely and I grew up watching those those silly westerns you know I, yeah. I really liked them a lot yeah well, it's funny you say you're embarrassed about smoking too, but when I, when everyone's like, oh, yeah, smoking, I'm like, well, unless you're James Dean, because he looked awesome. <laughs> you know, I mean, just well, cool he, as hell. He was young. You could do anything when you're young and it looks cool, just about. It's hard. It's hard not to have a bad picture when you're young. I'm going to go ahead and argue with you. I have okay. a lot of bad pictures of myself. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Yeah. Well, can, uh, can we hear that one? Yeah, let's do it.
just like you You didn't apply the things he used to do And there you were, no shirt and no shoes You couldn't wear all the same things The way he used to do Yeah, I am same as I was Letting it all right on a rain Just because And there they are Smoking cigarettes On someday Museum sidewalks That we'll all forget Cause nobody's cool anymore John Lee Hooker or Elvis or Marilyn Monroe Not like gunslingers or traveling shows Or May West or James Dean or anything That's ever been before Cause nobody's cool anymore it's kind of cool how you know it's everybody from Booker T and the MGs to Elvis to you know and then you throw Hans Solo I in love there. that absolutely it's love like that. a little shout out for the 80s kids oh sure Hans Solo was super cool to me yeah still Bill is Gates and <laughs> yeah um, Ronnie my friend Ronnie recorded that yeah um, Ronnie Elliott mm-hmm. and he um, he didn't know who Hans Solo was did you have to like 
school him? Well, I told him we'll have to. We never have watched Star Wars together. Oh, I was man. like, we should watch Star Wars. We should Wars. do it. You know what we should do? Like every once in a while, John Kelly has like a movie night. <laughs> we, should, we should do Star Wars movies, and Ronnie needs yes. to come and like put a mic on Ronnie just to hear him. Like, <laughs> he might have been being nice. He might have known who Han Solo was, but um, and thought he wasn't cool. Didn't think. Yeah, I thought he wasn't cool. Thought he didn't deserve to be in. Yeah, he's like that with no. James Dean. <laughs> yeah, he changed a couple lights. He put. I think. Um, maybe not Greta Garbo or he put somebody else in there. And now a quick interlude about one of the companies supporting this podcast. Ed, I think we can both agree that the best tasting songs are those that happen naturally. That's true. Wait, you can't really taste a song though. That part's not. That's also true of the food we choose to consume, which is why our favorite new artist on the healthy protein charts is ButcherBox. 100% grass-fed beef delivered on dry ice to your door anywhere in the lower 48. So, does that make Alaska like the upper... Just open the box. If you're into more genres than just beef, ButcherBox has you covered. They also deliver Alaskan wild sockeye salmon, free-range organic chicken... Wow, there's gotta be like 11 pounds of meat in here. Heritage breed pork and special bacon. Special bacon? Special because it's free. Use code SONGDIVERS at checkout to get $20 off and free bacon in your first butcher box. And shipping's free too. Special bacon and special shipping. That's special. Now, can you grill as well as you can play guitar? Visit butcherbox.com to order. Well, I, one of the reasons I don't listen to a ton of music like I used to, I'm overwhelmed with it. There's so many... I actually am one of the people that like to go in a record store and thumb through things. I know, like um, mm-hmm. Nick Drake. Yeah. You know, Nick Drake? Mm-hmm. The first time I heard Nick Drake was um, I was in a record store. It was at, it was a CD, like, mm-hmm. um, a C, like a Borders or I don't know, whatever right. it was. But yeah. like what's, I was going through. Yeah, I know. But I was like going through and it was like, I think it was his greatest hits or something. Mm -hmm. But it was like him standing in the woods in a poncho. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I I didn't even know who you never heard of him. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I just for some reason, I want that. I want to buy this. And I I bought it. And I sat and listened in the parking lot to the entire entire thing from start to finish. It's one of my favorites, yeah. It's kind of interesting, like you're talking about... um, being overwhelmed and everything's available to yeah. you now. Like, how do you find music that that resonates with you? There's so much to comb through. Like, how do you? I, I really don't know. Well, and then there's this this information FOMO. You know, fear of missing out. You you want to consume everything, and therefore you consume nothing because you can't choose where to start. It's I'm either I have that or I don't because I don't try to consume anything. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Maybe Are you I making have a that. concerted effort not to consume anything? I just, it's a little bit of both. I'm like, oh God, it's just, that's going to be, take a lot of effort. But I don't think I'm having a fear or anxiety about it. I'm just like, I don't even want to deal with it. It's like, you have to go through so many layers of, even though everything is right here at your fingertips, it takes, you have to dig and and find and weed right. through a lot of stuff to get some to something that you will actually enjoy or be entertained by mm-hmm. or something because a lot of the first things you're going that are going to pop up in any device or anything you're listening to or watching is going to be something that was sponsored or paid for by a 
I the person that that created it or mm-hmm. I don't know produced it or whatever or the platform has gotten to know you so well that Instagram and Facebook are curating what you're seeing anyway yeah that's creepy by the way that's I'm not it's and usually they're right not correct for me they're never correct like um I think maybe I'm just too all over the place or where I don't um go on social media enough and they don't have enough data on me or something but like on Netflix or something and all the stuff they're suggested for you. I'm like, what? What are you even? <laughs> what? None of that is even kind of close to something I would ever watch. Like, that's what is even wrong? Who's doing this? Is someone else in my account and I'm not aware of it? Maybe I don't know. You can't. You, the algorithms haven't figured you out yet. Yeah. So you're you're unfathomable. Why do they I keep don't... suggesting Sister Act? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll watch. Damn it, Netflix! I'm not going to watch Sister Act not again. <laughs> I I watch a lot of like really like um, murder uh, mystery, like solve um, like a uh, true crime kind of things. I'm really into that. So maybe they're like, ooh, maybe, she, maybe we let's suggest something a little lighter. Let's do something a little lighter on the palate, <laughs> a little palate cleanser. Maybe maybe that's their thing. Well, there's definitely getting back to your songwriting. There's definitely a heavier melancholic approach to a lot of your stuff but so in in talking about that too because this sort of topics come up in a few of our conversations uh, ronnie Elliott, who's a good friend of yours we talked to him a little bit about oh, a lot of it about writing about murder ballads uh-huh. uh and yeah. the you know the fascination with that and then you know josh riley was you know a, a good friend of the podcast and who we had on also talking about he really likes to watch prison tv <laughs> <laughs> you know but this yeah, just that, that kind of crime streak that seems to catch songwriters, which hasn't caught me yet, but um, maybe talk a little bit about why you think that is and why why, <laughs> why a fascination with that. I, I don't know. Maybe songwriters are, maybe we're sort of psychopaths in a way. <laughs> I mean, to be, most of us are like um, kind of shy, <clears throat> introverted personalities, and we want to go up on a stage and get a lot of attention. That's crazy. That's mm. there's like almost that it's seems like a like a psychological problem. I I'm, I don't know, uh, but other than that, I have no idea why I'm fascinated with um, that kind of stuff. Like it's it is a it's a it's a good story. It touches on like a really dark side of life. Um, there's so much sadness in it. There's so much sadness and, and despair and hurt. Like, the people left behind are very hurt. And maybe that's why songwriters are are drawn to something like that. I don't know. I'm guessing, but making just wild guesses. Well, there's so many reasons why people write. So rather than guess, what what would you say? Like, why, why today, why do you write? I, I honestly, I don't know. I just always have. I really always have. And even weirder, I've always had a weird urge or desire to leave it behind like i don't know if that makes any sense like um, to what i'm sorry to, to leave it behind leave it behind somehow um not to leave it behind like i'm never doing that again but to leave it somewhere for someone else to find um gotcha. like because when i was young and we were traveling i would have journals and i would when i filled up a book i would leave it in a drawer of a house somewhere because I wanted somebody to find it. That's so interesting. I think that's really now as an adult, I'm like, that's really weird. That's that's well, weird. So is it a? Let's unpack that a little because that is pretty interesting. 
is that a feeling like you had something to say or it maybe or maybe I just again wanted to be heard but again back to the finding your identity with so many kids moving a lot and things like that I think it's more of like wanting to make a mark with your own personality or your own words or you just want to say something and, and be heard in a way so that, that's so interesting that you've articulated that I was talking about this was somebody else too it might have been it but this idea that songwriting and the recorded word and that kind of not to get too existential but like why are we here and wanting wanting what you have to say to like have staying power and mean something and you know to somebody and so that idea of like well why do you record songs why don't you just play them? oh you record them so people can go hear them later and like well, what are you saying in the song well you're saying something that you hopefully you're expressing something but that you feel like has meaning that's worth sharing you know and there's a lot of uh there's a lot packed into that, I think. <laughs> That's a big box to open. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of songwriters do have that. Um, maybe not... I, I shouldn't say that. I wouldn't say, like, musicians in general, but people that write songs and then get want... They get in front of people intentionally and play things that they wrote that are very personal and private, <laughs> emotional. Um, there's There's some very odd level to to just of understanding that i've i've never uh, i'll never be able to understand <laughs> so what would you say your songwriting style is and if it's changed let us know that too we we're kind of started to tally are you a lyrics first a music first or the front runner a title first songwriter title first yeah. no no i was yeah. that was a question i know thank you that's what i'm saying what? i i was so confused by that wait came up someone's like I want to write a song. I I love that idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, or is it a theme? Or well, something? the title can can convey a theme. It's almost like a or prompt. it can suggest a theme. Yeah, it's kind of like a prompt. I like I like that. Yeah. I, the the that's like a to me that that's more of a writing exercise. But I I love that. I love that. I have done that. I've tried that. Yep. But um, and I a couple things have come out of it. But generally, in general, um. It's the music and the lyrics at the same time, just sitting down on a piano or guitar, playing something, playing a little thing. Sometimes, um, a lot of times a lyric will pop into my head. It'll just be like one line, like, and I just can't stop saying it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I gotta say it. Don't, don't forget that. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Mm -hmm. And you go write it down and, um, and then, uh, you know, you, you pick up an instrument and play or play it a piano for me it's piano or guitar but sometimes it's a banjo or a mandolin uh, or accordion <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah. i know i gotta leave now bye okay <laughs> uh but yeah and then you find you, you're like there it is that's that's it's that chord right there there it is it's a whatever e e that's the thing right there <laughs> and then yeah you go from there that's how i usually write and then um i generally like i try to keep a point or a topic if that's possible for me to do sometimes i get lost and that's where i abandon a song but i try to keep like a like a almost like an outline uh in my mind so verse one uh the one of the main words or um subjects of that verse would be the main topic that in the second verse there's the the main topic or word in that in that um verse they somehow they're connected. Mm-hmm. And then if there's a third verse, 
that they're all three, those three words are connected somehow. And then the chorus just kind of naturally happens and they can abandon that theme or tie them all together. But basically that's, I don't know if that made any sense. It made perfect sense to me, but that's how it I write a song. Sounds like a theme. Yeah. Like a theme, like the lyrics sort of come first. They get the ball rolling. Yeah. And uh, then you start finding music to, to fit that and then flesh out the, the story. Right. So in a way, the title first is a little bit like the lyrics first in that it, the, the, the seed of a story is kind of there, you know? Right. Um, as the, as the, I, yeah, the, the line that pops in your head, because mm-hmm. it is, that will be the, that will, I guess that is the theme that's going to go through to the mm-hmm. next, however many verses you have. So, yeah. Are you an intentional songwriter? And what I mean by that is, are you saying, okay, I need to sit down and write today, or I feel like sitting down, I haven't written in a while. And are you, are you somebody that seeks out writing exercises? Cause you mentioned like, oh, I have done that. I have tried that. It's a good prompt. Um, but do you seek out exercising for songwriting? No, I, I really don't. I've, I've, I've toyed around with things here and there. And usually it's been because I had to do it for something. I'm not for myself. <laughs> it was like, um, Hey, everybody, um, uh, like Josh, y'all had Josh mm-hmm. on here and he's like, okay, everybody this week. Um, and usually this, it's something like this, like this is his Tuesday night songwriters. Group. Right. Like, okay. Yeah. Josh Riley hosts the Tuesday night songwriters group at Cricket Thumb in safety Harbor, Florida. It's really awesome. Got mm-hmm. me, got me writing again too. It's a really fun, <laughs> really fun spot. Yeah. So it'll be something like that. If, if it's an exercise of some sort, it'll be related to something like that. He'll have a theme like right. one time it was criminals. And recently I think yeah. he had one that's like returns returning. Yeah. You know? So he'll come. <laughs> up with a and then you have to write a song like yeah, yeah and then there'll be several however many people i guess show up mm-hmm. uh, they all have a song that they wrote based on that idea or theme yeah so what did did you come up with anything that was kind of like a keeper from, from honestly i feel bad i don't remember okay yeah well that's all right that's okay <laughs> maybe i don't i don't yeah. remember i'd have to go look it sounds like you're not but the... there's been other things like um i've worked with ronnie Right. Um, and he'll be like, he's given me ideas. Like I've done, I've only done that with Josh, but I thought that was a good example. Cause y'all had talked to him before, sure. yep. but, um, um, I've worked with Ronnie before and he's, he'll do that. And he'll be like, um, I'm thinking about, I have this thing I want to do the, uh, like for instance, he had a song boys and hot rods. Mm-hmm. And so he'll be like, um, okay, so you send me a few lines and then I'll send you a few lines <laughs> And it would like something like that. That's mm-hmm. that's another, I guess, a different form of the theme where you do it together, mm-hmm. which is kind of hard. That's actually kind of hard to, for me. It is. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I've done that with a, a few writers in the past too. <laughs> kind of like, have you ever sat in the same room with another writer and done a co-write like face to face? I've tried. I've I'm not able to do it. It's Are a, you able to do it? It's it's tough. I don't. <laughs> I haven't done it that much. There's one uh, person, and he's he was also a guest on the show, Jesse Terry, that I've co-written with, like sitting face to face, and that really worked. We were able to make it work. Usually, it's it's kind of hard to we just kind of got through the barrier right away we you broke the ice and that's you know. great it he's, helped that jesse was usually asleep while this was happening <laughs> <laughs> he's also very focused and um yeah he's very let's let's 
do this. Let's get down to business and do this. Like, I think that we're helps. Make, we're making a song. Let's yeah. make it. Let's I think it helps in. to have, if you're in a situation like that, to mm-hmm. have one person that's uh, the focus one. And even in a band situation, like um, it's one person that's the focus one and be like, okay, this is... This is what we're going to do uh, with this thing at this time. And if it's a songwriting thing, uh, somebody get the ball rolling and get it moving in a direction. Sometimes I can be, um, especially if in a Ronnie and I situation, if you know him and I at all, we're too like nice. We're like, no, 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 you go. No, 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 you go. No, 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 you go. You have to have somebody that kind of like snaps the whip on that. <laughs> and so are you, I know you said that there's a lot to choose from, so you're overwhelmed, but if someone said, you know, Rebecca, who's your favorite artist? Who do you listen to? Like, who would you say that is? A musical artist? Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. It depends on, like, where what I'm doing, I guess, so what kind of mood I'm in. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that, that's a terrible answer, but I can't. There are no wrong answers here. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. If I, if I want to relax, I'm, you know, I'm going to listen to something mellow songwriter kind of thing. I'm not even classical music. If, uh, I don't, I never need to get pumped up for anything cause I, I don't do anything like that. So I was trying to think of an opposite example. So I'm like, Hmm, I don't know. I like buddy Ollie. I guess that's kind of gets pu- pumped up. That's about as pumped up as I get. It's kind of peppy. <laughs> I was going to, um, start a band. Um, I might still do it. I just, I've been, I was like, I got to finish this record. But I wanted to uh, start a band called um, Holly Buddy, where I love this concept. Rob was telling me about this. Yeah, I was. So I'm the I'm gonna do all Buddy Holly songs, but I'm gonna sing. I'm I'm a girl, so it's Holly Buddy. <laughs> I just laughed so hard. And that's your persona. <laughs> you're Holly Buddy. Like yeah. you're not Rebecca Pulley no. in this situation. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's Holly Buddy, and we play. We just like me and like two or three other people in the band, and we just play Holly <laughs> Buddy Holly songs, but. I'm a girl. I'll dress up like Buddy Holly, but I'm Holly Buddy. I get it. I like it. No, I I definitely get it. Speaking <laughs> of the new album, you got it. You got it done. I mean, it's it's been since what was the last one? Tralala in Tralala, like forever ago. It's been like six or seven years, hasn't it? Yeah. Like, so that uh, you finished. I know. I can't believe I finally finished. I'm like, yeah. oh my god. So congratulations. It was. I'm burpy. Yeah. Beer. <laughs> Thanks, beer. Beer. Thank um, you, beer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I finished it finally. It, it was a lot of weird mishaps and strange, odd things happened, but I'm, it's finally finished. I'm very happy. It sounds great. Thank yeah, you very good much. Job. Good job. <laughs> I thought um, it turned out pretty, pretty good. A lot of, a lot of thanks to Steve Connolly. I don't know what I would do recording wise without him. I'd be lost. He's that's, so very helpful. That's true of a lot of Central and South Florida songwriters steve steve definitely keeps uh keeps the ball rolling for everybody yes for sure. he does it's a success i would say in in artistic terms and sonic terms and everything else. oh like, yeah oh thank you so, yeah yeah oh and it's very full too you didn't just stop you didn't do just like a 10 tracker you know it's a nice full album which is ironic because one of the songs that we pointed out was empty um which is which is a really cool one and it's, it's full of the melancholic feel yeah that's a good one to play maybe can can you do that one for us sure i would do it so they're empty. When you come back home, you find me standing there alone in the middle of a warm winter night. 
tonight When you walk through that door You find me sitting out back On the porch Where we share All our secrets favorites from the new album ed and i were talking before we got here how just great the vocals especially sound on the new record oh thank you I was... and they, they do and but even so like it's such a different dynamic just hearing you lay into it by yourself mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and that dynamic of just being in a room nothing between you you know and just like the percussion of a acoustic guitar and like it's just especially those types of tunes yeah you know? i love ballads i love yeah. sad ballads mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, a few of those. Actually, that that song in particular, that was the vocal take was the scratch track from the the studio. Mm-hmm. So it was isolated. You know, you've been to Zen. There's a recording studio where we recorded it. But oh, I was going to ask you if because I know you're doing some tracking at home now. So yeah. I wondered if you did the vocals at home or um, I several of them. There's probably I think three or four songs from the record that um, I just used the scratch track from. Um, uh, I, in the isolation room, I'll just play my guitar and, you know, sing. Right. And that was one of them. Was, we were like, hey, that turned out pretty good. I'm not going to try to redo that. Sometimes when you're doing it with the band right there, with the drums, and right, you can't, you can't duplicate it. So. Right. Well, I think there's a difference between just playing and playing knowing you're being recorded yeah. and also playing with a band, but also playing with a band that knows it's being recorded. You know, there's a totally different... Yeah, so maybe if you don't... If you're not thinking this has to be the take, maybe it ends up being the take because you know, <laughs> you're kind of relaxed and, you know. Exactly. So, yeah. 
because like all those you're i'm isolated we're all isolated in you know different rooms and it's you have that idea you're like i will take this home and and do these vocals over right so yeah or whatever the bass the drums or yeah. well not the drums we take all the drums home whatever tony does it's his fault that's the way they are <laughs> so so the the um so it's tony on drums and rob on bass uh-huh. and then is it Who's your lead guitarist now? Um, um, Brandon Barnett is playing guitar with us now, but when we went in the studio, it's just it was just me, Tony, and Rob. Well, and you should introduce Tony. His full name and oh, Tony. Tell, tell, yeah. tell listeners who Tony Sorry. and Rob are. Yeah, yeah, Tony Tony Dolan, uh, the drummer for Reluctant Prophets. He's been playing with us for I don't know several years now. Um, mm-hmm. And Rob Pastore plays bass. And when him and Rob and I sometimes do a duo, and he'll also play the pedal steel guitar. And um, yeah, they're the Reluctant Prophets, and Brandon joined us maybe two or three years ago. Uh, he's been playing with us. On the record, the guitar parts are, um, that's Steve Grant, S.G. Wood, sorry. Steve, yeah. S.G. Okay. Wood. <laughs> you know what, I, I thought it probably was. It doesn't sound like Steve Connolly. Yeah, no, that's Steve Steve Grant. Or, but, uh, I'm sorry. S.G., yeah. He keeps saying, he's yeah. got, I've known him by many names. Right. <laughs> Okay. S.G. Wood. Um, he plays with the Hummingbirds. They're yep. fantastic. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he played the guitar on, on that. Um, except for a few of them where I got to shred a couple riffs on a couple songs. Did you? Yeah. yeah it was Point fun. it out. Let us, tell us what you did. <laughs> I want to check um, it out. <laughs> on uh, the, the song called The Sea of Everything, I played mm-hmm. the, all the guitar parts on that. You did? Yeah. Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and the, um, the oh, what is it? The Happiness a song called Happiness. Oh, I played end, all yeah. the guitar parts mm-hmm. of the Ebo and all that. I played on it. That was really fun. And the did all the guitar parts. So yeah, you guys have an Ebo laying around the house? Did Rob I, have that? Like a- no, you know, that's really, I have one um, from, I played guitar in a, <laughs> it was a, um, a live theater musical mm-hmm. um, called Lizzie. It was right. the, the Lizzie Borden story. Oh, that's right. You were in that. Yeah. Okay. And I was like the, the other guitar player and there was like two guitar players mm-hmm. mark but warren mark and warren yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um but that's one of the parts that i had to do was ebo so i had to buy an ebo yes specifically okay. for that's why i had an ebo can i borrow it sometime absolutely it's so fun I've you won't always, be able you'll have to, you'll get you're like i'm gonna buy one i've always wanted to try one <laughs> i'm sitting here smiling but i don't know what that is okay an ebo is a little device you hold instead of using your hand to pick or finger pick you hold this device and it ha- it's like draws ma- it has magnetic power <laughs> that kind of uh keeps the string vibrating so it's almost like a violin effect like it's yeah it, the the note just sustains forever cool as long as you hold the ebo yeah. right and the bow correct? like e electric bow like mm-hmm. it's like so it has like a bowing effect i see this isn't therapy or anything, but I do notice some of that imagery in other songs. Emptiness and mm-hmm. holes in the sky and yeah, nothingness. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you okay? Uh, <laughs> Is everything okay? I know. I know. That's what it's like. You know, it, thankfully, I have that outlet that mm-hmm. I can I can write and get those, uh, be very emotional. I'm not good at verbally expressing mm-hmm. my emotions mm-hmm. um, to other people. Mostly, how well do you know people to right. be that personal at any time? It's true. So, um, but you can convey that to a lot of people and share that with a lot of people and have other people come up and talk to you about it and be like, you know, I under, I relate to that. I feel like that. 
So it is, it is a kind of therapy. Like, yeah, <laughs> it is. And it does make, create a kind of a community, you know, a sad community, a, a community of <laughs> sad bastards, sad bastards, hashtag sad bastards. <laughs> We're so walking around really sad. You are the spokeswoman for the sad bastards. Oh man. Yeah. Um, it's also, I feel like a little bit, uh, social media, um, there are, I see people post really sad things, but a lot of people um, just post all the good stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, um, well curated. Look, look, look at all the awesome stuff we're doing. Now we're doing all this awesome stuff over here. And uh, sometimes when I open it up, like any social media site, um, that's just what I feel like bombarded with it. And then you start comparing your life mm-hmm. to that unrealistic. Uh, totally fake life that everybody like most people you're probably on the toilet scroll through your phone <laughs> of and you're course. Like, I'm on the toilet and this person's bungee yeah. jumping I know I'm like oh, I really need to go have this toilet and bungee jump <laughs> but for sure I, I think that that's that's absolutely true that again we're bombarded with these curated you know views in other people's lives and you are you're generally getting the best stuff or you're getting the worst stuff and sometimes they're the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's that is true. So you had the a record release party very recently at Hideaway Cafe, and I think that went well. Speaking of yeah. social media, I saw on social media that it went well. Yeah, <laughs> we put all the good pictures. I am the worst at remembering to take pictures in any situation. I have like one picture that I took. I was like, oh, look, I'm, I'm going to start this out right. I'm going to start taking pictures. I got up on the stage, and I have one picture that I took from the stage right before we started playing, but the light from the stage like was shining and glaring, and so it's just a white, fuzzy <laughs> haze, and that's the only picture I took. <laughs> I was like, what? why can't I just remember to take a couple pictures? Like, And I saw so many friends there, and just like so many people I hadn't seen in a while, and we had so much fun. Good. And, uh, but when I am having fun, um, I do. I'm not going to pull out my phone. No. Good for you. I don't know. And it's an event, like... To mention Jeremy again, the Florida Bee Orchestra, like people, somebody was asking him, like, I hope you recorded that. And Jeremy's like, no, we just do these once. And you have to be in the room and you have to experience it together with everybody. And I love that. You know, and that's it. Like, It's a lot of so work for should, one of those. It is. It, it is. But it's also like special. You're in the moment. You, you need to enjoy, you know, what's happening right in front of you. Yeah. It's, yeah. Actually, Jeremy, I just was the band director for the Lizzie Borden thing. That's right. Yeah. 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 So cool. Rebecca, how did the how did the album release party go? Were you guys happy with it? We I I had a wonderful time. It was sold out, which is great. Yeah, I can't even believe I had a dream like a couple nights before that so we got done playing in the dream in my dream, and I got off the stage, and I walked over to the bar. And there was just one person. That's all that was there. And it was just one guy, and his back was to the stage. It's just one guy sitting in the back. So I just, I was, I was, I think I was very stressed out and didn't realize I was. But um, it was, it was really good. Um, we played the first set, we just played the entire record from beginning to end. We just played the whole thing. Cool. I was like, why not? Let's just do it. Awesome. Um, and then the second set, we just, 
played a lot of you know stuff from the other records mm-hmm. uh, we probably could have used one more practice for that <laughs> but i was hoping uh by then people would have a little buzz and wouldn't <laughs> notice and would be singing along loud enough to, yeah you know. and then you're, you're doing another one in sarasota soon right oh yeah, yeah. we are we're doing a sarasota one because i want to do like a couple little ones mm-hmm. um in listening room environments yeah and, which um, is at fogartyville which is a great yep. uh, another great listening room on the west coast of florida yeah here. it's a really cool it's a really cool place mm-hmm. and you played there like mm-hmm. we did a thing together yes, with dean oh my right. gosh i forgot yeah. <laughs> I know. I just thought of it too. Like, oh I've, no! I've played. The, oh yeah. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so that's on the fifteenth, and Ronnie Elliott is going to be um, playing an open and set that night. So he might get oh, up and cool. play a few songs with us too. I'm awesome. hoping. So um, yeah, it should be cool. Is that another full band set? At yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. The band's gonna the band's gonna be there. Um, they have a radio station down there. It's WSLR, mm-hmm. and they're associated. Like the it's the WSLR is a little just a little tiny radio station. Like when WMF first started, they had mm-hmm. that little tiny building. Yeah. it's like that. And then the um, the Fogartyville Cafe is just right big room right right behind store, yeah, yeah the big room behind it yeah so yeah it's really it, cool wmnf is our 88.5 is our community radio here in the tampa market which is a really awesome station it throws some great events and they do a lot for local music and, mm-hmm. and and national music here too we get to hear a lot of really cool stuff from around the country and world through that station right yeah we're lucky lucky to have that group <laughs> speaking speaking of the uh the cd release party and how that went we always like to ask guests what's your uh, what's the favorite gig you've ever played Oh, um, oh my gosh, that's crazy impossible to answer. I mean, I, it can be uh, you know, anything memorable or especially meaningful. It doesn't have to be a big, like, you know. Huh. Um, I did, <laughs> this is, I played something with my father and my sister when we were very young. Um, I, I don't know if you can call this a gig, but um, we, him and I played the guitar. Um, it was a Christmas thing, and my sister sang, and we played uh, a Brian Adams Christmas song. I'm trying to remember the song. Brian Adams. Brian Adams. Brian. Brian with, with a, a B. B. <laughs> Brian. We waited all through the year for the day to appear. You know that song? Nope. I lived it. This is ca- gonna, Canadian stuff. I'm gonna we find could it. be together. Da, 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 something about Christmas time. Canadian no. listeners, so. <laughs> they'll they'll know it. They'll know it. Um, but I that, that's just a great memory. Like we played it at I think it was like a school, like for a school thing somewhere. Um, I don't know. I that that's not a gig, but that's a good memory of, oh, of playing something. No, that qualifies. <laughs> that's a great answer. Yeah. <laughs> So, on the flip side, we then always follow up that question with, what is your dream gig? My dream gig is to play at the Grammys um, after they give me my Grammy Award. (laughs) Yeah, boom. Fire. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Rebecca, we really appreciate you taking the time to do this with us. We're huge fans. This was so fun. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And we, we do need to say hi quickly because he was technically my first bass player in Mercy McCoy, and he actually helped write and shape some of the songs. But Rob Pastore, who is the best. We love Rob. Mm-hmm. I love Rob, yeah. too. Yeah. Hi, Rob. Hi, Rob. Hi, Tony. Hi, Brandon. Hi, all the past reluctant prophets. <laughs> <laughs> but especially Rob. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, thanks. We'll have you back on the next record. And if you guys haven't heard it, go out and listen to it. 
we'll see you next time. Bye. I'm old enough to know better. But I'm still too young to care about things like dying. Well, I was like over there. Though life has set me down a rough road, I still stop and smell the roses. Though their blooms fall one by one, just like my ears do, I suppose. So pour me some sweet life. You've been listening to Song Divers. Thank you for supporting us and our sponsors, and all the great independent music makers out there trying to make their way in the music business these days. Songs we heard in this episode are Central Avenue, The City, Nobody's Cool Anymore, and Empty, all from Rebecca's great new CD, The Sea of Everything. We also heard Sweet Life from Tra La La. To hear more of Rebecca Pulley's full catalog, head over to iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere you stream your music. You can also request Rebecca from your local independent radio station. To keep tabs on her upcoming performances, follow her on Facebook and Instagram, and visit her official website at RebeccaPulley.com. That's Rebecca, spelled R-E-B-E-K-A-H-P-U-L-L-E-Y.com. So pour me some sweet life Give me love to break my heart Push me to the wasn't strong enough to start. No, he, we were mixing the record, like, the first time we went in to mix it, and he said, Czechoslovakian orange sickle LSD. I was so impressed with my notebook. Czechoslovakian like, orange yeah, sickle. So specific. I was so impressed. Czechoslovakian. Had to, like, I was there taking notes, I was like, Czechoslovakian orange sickle LSD. I was like, how do you spell Czechoslovakian? I was like, oh my god, that's how the most... How do you spell LSD? I hope that's going to end up in a song. Song Divers is a production of Ybor City Records and recorded in the historic Kenwood district of St. Petersburg, Florida.